Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. and we are Stop it. going it back a whole year. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Although we did manage to keep making podcasts somehow. But I was going back through our back catalogue and I realised that two years ago we spoke to a lady about finances who really had some amazing insights. And of course, she's done two years more work since then and she is amazing. So we invited her back today. Canna Campbell, welcome back to the Wellness Collective Thank you for having me back. <laughs> now, you are joining us today from your bed. I love that. I do love <laughs> that about <laughs> love that about Very pod- intimate here. <laughs> yes, yes. About podcasting and, you know, just meetings in general in the last 12 months. You Everything's can changed. Hold them from wherever you like. Mm-hmm. I think last time exactly. we made you made you jaunt across town and go into a proper studio. Oh, yes. Not this time. I know, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, well, better. now you've got a fancy microphone, so we don't need you to jump across town. We, we always uh, appreciate a good setup. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's all about the audio. Absolutely it is. Um, but you've got a new book called Mindful Money, and I guess Cecilia said to me, oh, we need to get Kenna back on because I really feel like 2020 stuffed us around when it came to our finances and money, and we might need to, like, revisit some things mm. or you might have some other ideas for us. So um, first of all, before we get into that, has 2020 changed what we're doing with our money, how we're seeing our money, and is that in a good way or a bad way? I think in a really good way. I think we've had a big shake-up and we have a greater respect to the flow of money, the fragility of money, the value financial well-being brings into our lives. You know, people now realize that having, you know, living paycheck to paycheck is not cool. It's it's not sustainable and it's certainly not good for our physical and mental health or our relationships. Uh, having, you know, emergency money set aside, having our money working for us through investing, you know, these are all things that help make us strong and resilient so that when these, you know, tornadoes of life come through, we're still standing strong once they've passed. So a lot of people have really, it's really forced them to look at the way they use money, build money, manage money, protect their money. And a lot of personal growth has come from this. I guess there's probably two ends of the scale with people that have gone through 2020. Well, we've all gone through it unless you were born yesterday. Um, (laughs) Which money doesn't really bother you just yet. Right. Yes. Um, (laughs) There's obviously some people that, actually would have come out of 2020 mm. much better off. And mm. then there's, and it depends on your industry, doesn't it? There's definitely people that um, are not better really off struggling. and really struggling. Mm. I think what you're saying, though, rings true, is that it helps us, or well, what we've just lived through can hopefully help set us up, regardless of whether it was going to impact you either way for mm. the future and really thinking about setting yourself up. If you are in a particular career path that, you know, is for whatever reason vulnerable due to world circumstances. And obviously we're here to talk about that today, I think, you know, and helping people to to be a bit more obviously mindful around (laughs) money. Um, But I think it's one of those subjects that you either love it or you just think it's not for you, um, even though we all need it? it. You know what? It's for everyone. It's That's such a cop out. Someone Mm. says, oh, it's not for me. Like that's, that's really not good enough because it's like, saying eating healthily is not good for me. Okay, well, if you want to go and put on 
30 kilos and, you know, impact the longevity of your life and, you know, have low energy levels and feeling lethargic all the time and be susceptible to diabetes and heart disease, well, okay, stick with that attitude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go for it. Like, but it's amazing. The smallest little things you can change in the way that you look after your money and do things has profound impact on us, self-confidence, our sense of well-being, um, self-love, our relationships, our careers. It's, and it's their simple little things you can do. And the moment you start doing them and you see just a shift and feel that change, you start to sort of become really inspired and, and empowered. And I have coached thousands of people out of really tough situations financially and they have just gone from strength to strength mm. and it's remarkable. And, you know, I have my podcast, Financial Sugar Mama's Financial Foreplay, people have shared the most incredible stories with, you know, people who had marriage breakdowns, um, literally lost everything and had to rebuild their lives again from scratch. People, you know, who, uh, you know, had experienced discrimination have built like incredible investment portfolios and are completely financially independent. Like it really boils down to taking ownership, stepping up and being an, an adult. And yeah, that attitude of like, it's not for me. Like, come on, get off your high horse and be real. I love though, this is one of the things when I first found you a couple of years ago, I was like, I love who you are because you are making finance cool for chicks, you know, like for, for <laughs> such a long time. Yeah. Well, you know, like it, it's really seemed like a, a stuffy old man kind of thing. And the idea of going mm. to a financial planner is sort of like, oh, I don't know, that's something my dad would do, not me. Mm. So mm. I think even the title of your book, Mindful Money, it's something that so many women tap into, this idea of living mindfully. But one of the things off the back of that is the idea of investing. See, yes. to me, that still seems like the kind of thing that the guys in suits do, but you don't have that approach, do you? No, not at all. Investing is essentially just getting your money to work for you rather than you working for money. It's a very powerful shift. and It's not something you just jump into straight away. You need to, I guess, get better at the basics first, such as having a budget, sticking to it, getting rid of your toxic debts like credit card debt and car loans and personal loans before you begin investing. It's a journey. It's not something that happens overnight, um, but it's it's a really empowering experience. And that's why I created the $1,000 project is because literally you can start investing with as little as $1,000. And the, the one thing about me being a financial planner is a lot of people assume that I'm going to tell people you've got to be frugal and got to take a pack lunch. You've got to drink instant <laughs> coffee and, you know, you can't go out to restaurants and gosh, you cannot pay, you know, handbags and shoes. Like, no, I'm not like that at all. Like I'm all about balance. I'm all about my money mantra is buy what you love, value, use, appreciate. So if you enjoy going to a beautiful restaurant once a week with your partner that is perfectly fine because that's your value system. That's what brings you joy. That's what makes you feel alive that, you know, life's too short, but it's all about doing it in the right way. So if it, you know, never doing it in a way that jeopardizes your financial goals, you look after your money so that you can afford to go to that restaurant guilt-free and it doesn't impact your financial well-being. And if you follow me on Instagram or watch my YouTube videos, you'll know that I have a weakness for nice handbags, <laughs> but there are ways of having that lifestyle that doesn't involve breaking the bank. And, you know, I share everything on my, on my, on my content channels. So is it important then, you just said, talking about, you know, clearing up toxic debt, debt or toxic debt, 
Mm. that's where you start. Like, is that really the best place to start? I have to, I'll just, full transparency, I took the opportunity of 2020 to unconsciously do that just because I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. And Mm. it was so funny, walking along the other day and I said to my mum, we own two cars for the first time in our life. We've never owned (laughs) our cars. They've always been leased. Um, And so I didn't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know some I've listened to other people talk about this and they're like, yeah, buy your car out and then when it's time to upgrade, find the money to upgrade. And it's like, oh, it's something I've never done. Mm. Like I've always leased it through the business. So for me, 2020, I saw it as an opportunity to clear all of that. I Mm. like what I'm hearing because maybe I need to actually now, (laughs) because I think also when you're in that space where there is um, a reasonable amount of debt, it can feel so heavy and consuming and you can just feel like you're mm. working for that. You're just on the treadmill but to I guess pay it if off. You yeah. had, right, mm. but if you had I think what was really useful is I broke it down into small chunks. It's like, okay, what can like I pay off first? Like a project. Right, Yay. exactly. But it was like, okay, which one can I pay? What can I pay off first? What needs to be paid? And, and you know, again, because we weren't doing other things and I guess maybe mm. my priorities are a bit mixed up because I probably should have done that first rather than... You didn't know. Well, I didn't know. You're learning. No, no I am learning. Knows, yeah. Right. But but mm. anyway, there's always circumstances behind that too. So that's where we start, yeah. And then once we sort of get because even just with doing that creates a level of freedom. Mm. I was gonna ask you, how does it feel knowing those two cars on your driveway or in your garage when you look at them and think, We don't have those five hundred dollars a month or yeah. eight hundred dollars a month coming. How does that yeah. It's so good. It's and I never ever thought of it before. It, it's actually great because it's not just. It's yeah. It is. It's it's. There's it's a magic lot of, of money. It's a lot of money a month, really. Mm. Like two new cars was probably the best part of two thousand dollars a yeah, month. So yeah, yeah. Big. That's a lot of money. And, and that twenty four thousand dollars a year now can go towards making extra mortgage repayments. Maybe you know doing extra mortgage repayments and you know half and towards a holiday for your family. Uh, maybe towards putting some more money in superannuation so you can retire earlier or on a bigger income. You start, you're doing the groundwork to help create more options and tools that are only going to further your financial wellbeing. And that's all this part of the money mindful growth and journey and discovery. I think and also just to say, and we just touched on it, but the the break in the chain I think is really important as well. Like I said, if you said, how does that feel? Well, I feel more free. So when I have more freedom and I feel more, I don't know what the word is, free again. Um, <laughs> I've got freedom and I've got I freedom feel free. And I'm free. Yeah, yeah. No, but, that, but it does mean that I can see different possibilities that I couldn't mm. see before to yeah. utilise that money. Whereas before I was like, well, I can't do that because I don't have that freedom. Mm. And it's just so it changes the momentum Liberating. and it changes mm. the trajectory. And then you can start to see these other options that you can bring but to the table. Isn't it also about like you taking control of it rather than it happening Controlling to you? you? I guess so. But yeah, I guess mm. also I, I really focused on that being my goals for 2020. I was like, right, yeah. this sucks. How can I do something that's going to make me feel better? Exactly. And that's the big thing with financial stress is, you know, that fight, flight or freeze, you know, and anxiety, particularly around money, when you step up and take control and go, all right, what can I do? And you start doing it. That simple action mm. is, a, you know, a, a force against the anxiety and it starts to subside. And it's incredible. That's why I always recommend my clients and people who follow me is track your progress. So at times it feels frustrating thinking, well, I had a spare thousand dollars instead of buying a treat for myself, I've had to put it towards my credit card debt you know, which can feel a bit depressing. You look at your credit card debt and go, wow, only five months ago, my credit card debt was $10,000. Now it's down to, you know, $7,500. You go, oh, actually, okay, 
it's worth it. Yeah. I'm doing it's I'm getting making progress. I feel good. I'm going to actually be debt free, you know, in a few more months if I keep going at this level and you feel more committed and motivated and inspired to keep it going. And the the big thing I think about 2020 is it's been a wake up call. We're not financially invincible. We mm. cannot guarantee that we're going to have a job tomorrow. We need to be more responsible at, with our money. We need to have emergency money. We can't be living paycheck to paycheck. It's not healthy. We need to work out our investment goals. We need to work out our investment strategy. We need to make sure our superannuation is invested in the right way for our financial well-being because life's too short to be worried about money. And this is my, I'm so passionate about this because when we're stressed about money, like we bring it home. Oh, it takes over mm. everything, doesn't it? Yeah. It's awful. It impacts our sleep. It causes arguments in our relationships. We're more short-tempered with our children. Mm. Uh, we can be short-tempered with our children. Career paths, like we're having to take a job that we don't necessarily love or completely passionate about because it pays the bills and we don't have an option backed into a corner. You know, it impacts our um, physical and mental health. You know, it impacts our spirituality. And I, I say that sort of generically and that in things like charity, like we'd love to be able to do more for yeah, charity, give yep. more to charity, you know, those sorts of things, you know, be more involved in the community, but we can't because we've got to go to work. So mm. when you take control and as I said, a little, a few little things can make a profound shift and improvement in our financial wellbeing. It, it, if you are open to it, the journey continues from there and you just go from strength to strength. It's really great to hear you talk about it that way. I actually met a guy yesterday uh, and he we were talking about, you know, freelance life and how difficult that can be because you mm. don't have set, you know, weeks in the year that you take holidays and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he said, I haven't had a proper holiday ever with my kids. I think we went maybe we went to Queensland once and now they're teenagers. And I said to him, well, you need to just book that holiday in, my friend. Take control because otherwise you'll always find things. And I said, and I've got a holiday fund, which I put money into every week Mm -hmm. so that I never feel guilty taking money to go on holiday because that's important to me. Absolutely. I actually have a um, budgeting cash flow instructions, which is in my book, Mindful Money. And it actually says you have a lifestyle account and you add to that every time you get paid so that even if you don't have a holiday booked, you can see there's two, three thousand, four thousand dollars, you know, adding up every time you get paid or however often you get paid. And even though nothing's booked, just knowing that I've actually already got some money ready there if I want to have a weekend away or I, I want to start thinking about where I'm going to holiday, that money is, is building up, saving and ready to roll when I'm ready. And it just, it, even though nothing's booked, it's just that Changes. so comforting seeing Mindset. that money there. Mm, yeah. about financial goals. Mm. Uh, At the start of the year, I heard a financial planner, I think it was on the ABC, saying, right, so now's the time for you to set your financial goals for the year. And four weeks on, I'm still thinking about it, but I haven't actually worked out what they might be. It's a bit overwhelming. So how do you work out for yourself what that is? I don't believe in this like New Year's resolution. Like, there's, okay. there's an opportunity every single day, okay, every single minute of the day. You've got to do it when you feel inspired and you feel a sense of purpose and something, you know, awakens you. And that's whenever I set my financial goals and I do it new throughout the year. So I'll do it. I do do it at the beginning of the year. But uh, having said that, I haven't, I haven't completely fine-tuned my financial goals yet for 21 
uh, but I, I'm, I'm getting there because I, I need to have some time alone to sit and think about, mm-hmm. all right, what is realistic? What is important to me? What is a priority? What do I actually feel excited about? Because if I to- get told you a really boring goal to have, like, you know, <laughs> let's be honest, like it's, it's, it's going to frustrate you and not going to give it its full crack. But if you actually spend some time investing in the idea of the goal and what it will bring you and the values and the stress it will take off your shoulders and what it represents to you, you'll be a lot more committed to that. So this whole waking up on the 1st of January with these amazing goals, I, I don't really believe in it. If you can, that's amazing. That's great. Roll with it. But it's important that you do the right mental preparation for your goals. So mm. don't freak out. You don't have them yet, but just keep working on them until you start fine tuning them. I think also focusing on not the, necessarily the goal itself, but like you said, what it will bring. So bring. I was very the value. Much, well, yeah. So, you know, got to the end of 2020 and for a plethora of reasons, I'm like, we need to move house. Like we're, but if I just sit there and go, okay, we need a new house. This house is too small, blah, 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 blah. And that's my goal and reasoning. I felt like I wasn't bringing, that just wasn't going to happen because it was all coming from a space of lack and not good. Mm. So I was like, okay, what do I want? I want to create, I want a space where my children want to bring their friends home after school, that maybe there's a pool for them to swim in to have fun and hang out. Then I started to go, I (laughs) I can bring in all of these, what I want is a space that can create memories that they're yeah, excited about, that, yeah. that, that mm. I, you know, they create memories, I get to create memories, I get to, rather than at the moment, I'm pushing them into other people's houses because it's like I can't no tolerate space. you here. I've got no space. <laughs> yeah. so get I out of the house. I want, I want them at my house. I want them with me. Mm. I, I know that I don't have them at home for that much longer. They, you know, Livy will be a teenager this year and so it's like, that's the motivation, not the fact that we've outgrown mm. the space and it sucks. It's mm. it's more about what can uh, what would a bigger house and you know yeah, what a positive would that bring? approach. And yeah. so that's what yeah. I've I actually did a manifesting course, and just because I actually just wanted to check out what the course was about, and you know I like yeah. looking at other people's ideas, but I was like, mm. well, it's not about yeah yeah I want a house, but it's not the house that's the no. goal. It's the mm. what would Lifestyle. that bring? It's mm. yeah, it's and the, the value important. behind the goal, like what it represents and to I you. Think you get there mm. quicker that way, right? I feel like you Definitely. bring it in because it's coming from this high vibe state rather than this state of lack and not enough. Yeah. So you're coming from a place of abundance and manifestation and that's a really powerful place to be working in. You know, you're on a high vibration level. You, you, you act as a magnet to those opportunities. Totally. I actually have a video that talks about manifesting money and, and the magic behind it and the shift and the triggers and the flow on effect. And as magic happens, more magic happens. And it, you know, so you're in this It's so funny how you say zone. that though, because it's so interesting that when you can create momentum, how that comes. And I, I would just take it all as a joke nowadays. Like when I try and manifest something and, <laughs> and it ends up happening, I just mm. have actually laugh nowadays. And I'm like, yeah. you can't make this stuff up. It's, <laughs> like- it's incredible that the universe can work in such powerful, powerful ways. And I always laugh. I'm like, oh my God, that did not just happen. <laughs> like, wow. It's totally true. Even just the power of writing something down. Yep. You, mm. I um, had the opportunity the other week of appearing on American television and it was so oh, funny because wow. I wrote down the list of the top 10 media outlets that I wanted to appear on. Did I do anything with that? No, I actually didn't do a thing. I didn't pitch to anyone. I didn't do anything. <laughs> the one at the very top of the list reached out to me to be on there and I was like, yeah. this is, you cannot make wow. this stuff up. Like, yeah. I just hadn't had time to pitch. I, I was I don't have time. You know, at the moment. Kano was thinking that about us. I know, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, I know <laughs> you're on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so funny because 
we this is the thing that I I mm. think is the most powerful and I've said this a lot lately but our subconscious is the dumbest smartest thing that we have and even yeah. if your right mind doesn't mm-hmm. believe it as long as you tell it to yourself yeah. your subconscious starts to believe it and then makes it then your you reality notice. so it's mm-hmm. like even Absolutely. if you're sitting here listening going I can't do this this isn't for me it's not going to work it's never worked before blah mm. blah blah I really would encourage you to just do it anyway like just do it anyway <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, I say the same about money and people, you know, the self-talk. When people say, I can't do money or I'm useless with money, I'm like, shut up. Like, that is not going to help you in any way at all. You don't sweep it under the mat, but you you take a place of acknowledgement, but you take a place of empowerment and ownership. You say, I'm getting better at managing money. Mm. I'm learning a new thing every day. I'm seeing my debts calm down. Even though it's slowly, that's okay because they're going in the right direction. I'm always open to the flow of money. Mm. And it's amazing the amount of people that are closed to money. They're stuck in their situation. They're like, well, I only earn this much money per year. And I'm like, well, okay, so you work nine to five. Like, what about a weekend side hustle? What about doing some part-time work? What about selling a few things? Like, you've got to be open to the flow of money. You're only going to stay trapped and a victim to your situation unless you something changes. And it starts with your mindset, your attitude, and that self-talk. Mm. What about for us as children that we're always taught about, I mean, I think a lot of us, I come from a house where I used to ask mum all the time, are we rich? I used to say this. I remember oh, you yeah, used to say, mum, are we rich? It. And she used to always say, we have just enough. And mm. that for her was not a state of lack. That was actually enough, more than enough. She was trying yeah. to teach me that. Yeah, you know, yeah. To be humble. Mm. Um, whereas yeah. I saw it as we were always poor. <laughs> I was like, we only ever just have enough. Like, that can't be good. So my you know, state that's for just so parenthood that you're going to screw your children up some way. That but was just one of her ways. But it's taken me so long to mm. heal from that story that just enough is safe. And so yeah. I wonder also how do we... If we are, if you're encouraging people to be more mindful around money, mm. is it a matter of us first of all recognizing what our stories or blocks might be to be able to oh, move yeah. on? Absolutely, it's incredibly important, and it's. I actually have a whole chapter dedicated to this in Mindful Money, where you go and explore those things that were imprinted in you as a child, so that you can make peace with them and you can use them as a tool to actually take you out of that place, you know, and grow from it and become stronger and wiser. And, you know, I have clients in my financial planning business where they grew up in an incredibly poor situations, you know, where it was a, a lack of education, food, you know, even the, the, the basic necessities. And I've taught them how to use that as their fuel or um, source of motivation, inspiration to make things different for mm. themselves, to, to, to paint a much healthier and happier future. Mm. But, you know, with that, I, I grew up with my, my parents and I would, and I remember saying the same thing, like under asking, like, are we rich? And my daddy used to always say to me, we're comfortable. Like mm, we have yep. what we need and that's enough. Same sort of thing. And, yeah, I, I think um, I, I'm not trying to teach people who are following me to become billionaires and having swimming pool, like Disney DuckTales or something where you're <laughs> swimming in um, pools of money, but I'm talking about feeling good about your money, feeling proud about it and having enough where you can donate money to charity, you can donate your time to charity, you can help a friend in need, you can have the lifestyle that you want. It doesn't necessarily need to be flying first class around the world. It can be being able to pack up and drive a combi around Australia and, and explore and go on an adventure or 
you know, it's maybe being able to afford to put your children through private education or help a friend pay for a pet surgery. Like it's, it's about having freedom to, to control and design mm. your own life. I think that's the thing. Savings are just so important. And I don't think we're taught that enough. I mean, unless you had a Dolomite account when you were a kid at school and, you know, got, in, got involved in that kind of string mm. of things. But that idea of you save, even if it's 10%, I was saying this to my kids the other day. I said, when you, start, when you get a job, you put 10% of whatever you earn in a different account each week and you don't touch it. And then that money's there for you if, you know, the cat gets sick or what have you. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay. Even teaching them to actually do things to gain money, though, mm. I think is really yeah. important. Because nowadays, like when we were kids, there was a cash exchange. And this, that still exists, but nowhere near as much what as what we What do you mean a cash kids. exchange? Physically, whereas we tap a card. Oh, right. So, you know, yes. my yeah. littlest is like, well, can't you just tap the card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I've started making them. <laughs> Magical wall right. yeah, where the I money started, comes out. Yeah. yeah, I've started making yeah. them work at work. Okay. I'm like, first of all, do you realise how lucky you are that you can actually, you, mum has a business that you can go and work in if you would like to earn some money. Yeah. Mm. But very funny, Livy got her first mobile phone for Christmas because starting high school this year and I was like, all right, well, mobile phones don't just come, they cost money. So they cost actually mm. cost a lot of money. Mm. And if we're going to do something that's a bit adult, you need to act like an adult. So... It's very funny because I just sold it to her and I said, so you need to pay for the usage of that each month. Each month, I'll cover the phone, but you need to pay for the usage. Mm. So funny. She now tells everyone, oh, I work to pay for the $30 that this costing. I know. It's so good. I... I've always worked. I've worked since I was really young because I loved the freedom of that as a kid. But having said that, my parents were always there to bail me out. I never actually Mm. had to be responsible. My first phone bill was a thousand dollars or something ridiculous and my dad bailed me out like he made me pay some of it but he pretty much I knew he'd bail me out I was like oh, he'll <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a different so situation if you do have well. the safety net that's yeah, for sure we yeah we have to teach them like to earn and save I think it's so important but also it goes beyond saving saving is only one side of the of the coin mm. it's investing and again I have a whole chapter dedicated to this because you can you know teaching your children to say okay put a certain amount of money each week into a savings account for emergency that's excellent that's brilliant but the thing is if you look at savings accounts today yeah, they're they lucky if you get one percent mm. so we need to be teaching children how to get their money working from them and if we can do this at such a young precious age we are setting our children up to be financially free and independent so you know teaching a child how to invest so you might say to your your daughter now that she's working well okay for you know, every 10% you save, you also go and invest 10%. And so what you do is you set up a separate investment account, which is just a savings account, and you add a certain amount of money each time she gets paid. And once it hits, say, $500 or $1,000, you could go and invest that. And you could invest it in, say, a listed investment company or a managed fund or an ETF very, very easily in her name or through a trust um, account, which is extremely easy to, to set up. And she starts becoming a shareholder or, or starts saving up for even her first property. We need to get kids beyond saving. That's yeah. only one side of the story. And it, saving will only take you so far, especially over the long run. We need to get children understanding the power of compounding interest, the power of passive income, the power of two-dimensional assets. So that's assets that grow in value and produce an income at the same time, such as an investment property or, or owning shares in a bank or a supermarket or, or a pharmaceutical company. And my son, Rocco, he's seven years old. And when he was born, I put a very small amount of money into some shares for him. And every now and again, not every year, but every now and again, when I can afford to within our budget, I'll I'll buy him a a few more shares. And they're all reinvesting. So I haven't touched, I've never taken any income from it. I do have to pay tax on it, but 
they have ranking credits anyway, but that's compounding and growing. And he's seven. Mm. The other day, for the first time, I showed him his, it's a very small, humble share portfolio. And he probably got about 20% of what I was saying, Mm. but he was intrigued. Yeah. He's like, what's an investment? What do you mean? It's, you know, income. And and he was, and a few things clicked. And what did click? He was so fascinated and inspired by it. So if I can just gently every now and again show him do this, that, and give him options. And, you know, the other day, um, massive error by myself and my partner, the tooth fairy came and the tooth fairy didn't have (laughs) any cash. Literally Tom and I in the middle middle of the night, we're like searching high and low because we're we're cashless. We could be found a $20 note. So my son got a $20 um, for his tooth, $20, woke up like, like jumping for joy that it was a $2 coin. (laughs) So he actually said, can you please take this money and put it in my savings account? And, you know, we can do something with it. And I was like, wow, okay. Awesome. It's such an important lesson. Can Mm. I just ask? Before you do, just can I say, during lockdown, kids lost teeth and didn't get paid because there was no No, cash circulating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Teeth Fairy can't deliver cash because we don't, there's no cash. It doesn't exist anymore. I know. I owe my daughter $50 and she keeps going, you owe me $50. I'm like, I know, but I don't go to the cash machine. So, you know, you'll get it when you need it. I have a Zap account, I have to say, for kids and pocket money. It's brilliant. It's set up automatically. It's controlled on my phone. My son gets $5 a week. He's just had a recent pay rise. Oh, um, yes. $5 a week. It's, it comes out of our everyday family account once a week and goes into a savings account for him. He's got two ATM cards. So he's got his, his spending account and his saving account. And I can switch it off. So he can't, I have control over the mm. debit cards. But it's actually for a cashless family. Mm. I don't forget pocket money. Um, That's great. And when he gave me back the $20, which is the only $20 we ever get, <laughs> I was able to then transfer my, from my account into his savings account $20. Yeah, he's going to save the because $20 for next time. The difficulty <laughs> yeah, yeah. is, I, I have that too. I tried to set up this um, pocket money scheme, but I mm. never had cash. So they'd come to me and they'd go, you haven't given us pocket money for three weeks. And all of a sudden I'd be like, oh God, so I have to give you. So no. So I'm glad you mentioned Zap mm. because awesome. with the investing account, I mean, you you know it all in and out, but I love watching my superannuation. That's my dorky yeah. thing. And no, that's at the great. start of last year, it dropped by 10%, just like bang. And yeah. I was like, oh, I was doing so well. And then it's dropped 10%. Anyway, by the end of the year, that 10% had regained. So I was yeah. like, well, okay, that's, that's the ebbs and flows of investing. But I don't know how to set up an investment outside of that. So if does mindful money go through that? Oh, yeah. Like there's screenshots. Step by step. Um, yes, everything. And look, even on my Instagram account, I always am showing people how to buy shares. I've, I've even yeah. done it with the different banks. You know, so we did NAB online share trading the other day. I use ANZ for the $1,000 project. Um, mm. We're going to be doing one for ComSec in a couple of weeks as well. So it is so easy. Uh, most major banks have an online share trading account. You can literally open them up within a couple of minutes. It's easier and faster to buy shares than it is to buy a pair of shoes online. Oh, great. It's so easy. Okay. And on once it. you... Yeah, look, check out my Instagram, Mm, IGTVs. One of my staff members, she bought some shares for the first time and and she was literally like, wow, it's that easy. I can do this all the time now. I'm like, yep, great. See, once it's shown, you're like, you want to keep going. It's a bit addictive as well. I mean, I have two Mm. savings accounts for my kids and they've actually done a little bit of work in like TV ads and and voiceovers and stuff. So whenever they've been paid for those, I've just put the money in. So all of a sudden they've got a few thousand dollars just sitting there. Yeah. 
So it's a perfect time to, you know, invest for maybe 10 years down the track when that money is going to be significant for them, I think. They've got the benefit of time and so much more than us. And look, everyone's got the benefit of time because the reality is even if you retire at 65 with life expectancy as at today's, you know, numbers, you are going to realistically have a 20-year retirement, which is a long time. We Mm. need to make sure we don't outlive our money. Uh, So making sure that you have the right split of of growth assets is important. And that's important that you don't freak out when markets, you know, have pullbacks and corrections and experience levels of high levels of volatility that you don't have that knee-jerk reaction and switch it from a growth portfolio to a balanced portfolio, sell everything and put it in cash because then you lock in those losses and you also miss the bounce back and you miss all the income that's being paid in the meantime. So, you know, and I explain all this in Mindful Money, but it's it's really important that everyone educates themselves. Yeah. Some key principles, some words of wisdom, some hacks, some habits. And I can't tell you how much it helps you in your sense of well-being. I'm so excited. No, I know, I know. We need to go out and where are we getting our copies from? Is it in bookstores, on your website? All, all major bookstores. Uh, Booktopia sell it. Um, the Book Depository have it for mm-hmm. free international shipping. Any major bookstore have it. There's an audible version. There's an Amazing. ebook version. I'm a fan and of also, audible. And I've mm. put it on hold at the library. It is. Remember I'm, last time I, I said to, yeah. I got it for the, the library. Don't yeah. tell the author that it's on <laughs> it's hold at the library. No. Buy the book. No, she's it's, into it because then no, you can no, no, invest the money. Frugal. Yeah, yeah I, know, that I know. I know. But from one author to another, just <laughs> the damn book. Um, isn't it not something? <laughs> yeah. that you want to, I take notes in books nowadays. Like when well, I'm reading, I get really like. Might I, be good for that. Yeah. I sit Mindful there. money is actually designed to write in. It's actually, right. I've written it as a roadmap, right. so you don't really want to share it because you I actually there's workbooks within the book so you write down your feelings you write down you know your mm. goals it's so an investment it's, in itself yeah yeah, yeah. 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 it's sort of yes. thing you keep on it you keep point, you wouldn't it's got private stuff in there so you kind of want to keep it in your underwear drawer of course um, and I'm, I'm going to go and find that copy and also um for our listeners they can also find you on youtube on sugar mama tv is that right Yes, that's and, right. Yeah, um, Instagram. I do. I do content yes, every day. Yes, you do. And, you do. I, I see it yeah. flash up. But yeah, I love it. I love seeing awesome. Instagram posts. Well, we've got some homework to do. Sure, do Cecilia. Yeah, I and I love how inspired you are after having your two cars there. And yeah. I'm oh. excited for you. Yeah. Two cars a month to be saving like money yeah, bags. You. Well, you can look what you can do now. You that house is going to be a lot sooner than you realize. I know. Mm. I actually can be completely transparent. It was a lot more than just two cars. I I literally <laughs> paid everything that I could think of to pay off. I paid off. That's great. <laughs> but how how much freer do you feel so lighter good. more energetic more clarity more purpose yeah so good this is what i'm talking about yeah. and then you start with the smallest debt first and get that done yeah. and then you go on to the second smallest debt and go on to that and um it's amazing you know i've coached people out of like eighty thousand dollars with mm, various wow. credit card debts yeah. like and they've just gone from strength to strength they now have you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in shares and the no credit card, they don't, because I teach them the hard way. So you don't make the same mistake again and you stay out of debt and you become protective of your finances and you mm-hmm. become protective of, you, of your cash flow as well. Yeah. But, you know, it's been, it's a huge awakening, but it's a beautiful awakening with huge personal growth. Well, mm. I'll report back. Mm, <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today. This has been so good, yeah. so insightful. We all needed a little pep well, on the financial also, front. You yes. can be a semi-regular, can we? We you love can, it. You can, you can. Anytime you like. <laughs> Thank you. Unfortunately, 
It's we time don't to have go. Any, it is, well, that, and we don't have any reviews, so it really is time to go. <laughs> I, we've read them all out. So, you know, just if you're inspired to invest, please also uh-huh. just invest in a review for us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we would love that. We'd love to read them out. We love just to like, the share process. the love. Absolutely. Get your share portfolio. Put a Correct. review in for us and for Canna. Exactly. There you go. Every, tick, tick. every dollar counts when it comes to managing your money and every rating and review counts when Correct. it comes to a podcast. Exactly. Totally. It sure does. That's Thank true. you so much for joining us. Cecilia. Yes. Till next time. We hope this has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. I think it has. 